welcome to the Enneagram One Project Podcast with your host, Dominic Vandal, where ones come to learn mindset tools and embodiment techniques to reduce frustrations, quiet their inner critic, and live a most expansive life. If you're ready to make your unique oneness your superpower, then this is the show for you. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Enneagram One Project Podcast, Episode 4, Enneagram Type 1s and Stress. One of the first things I read about in the Enneagram was that when stressed, ones go towards four. The moment I read this, my head began to spin. And I can only imagine that yours might be two. I was thinking, so wait, not only am I a one, and that's a lot to grasp, a lot of information, but I also go towards four. That's a whole other number to understand. And of course, as a one, I wanted to know all the hows. How do I deal with that? How do I avoid that altogether? How do I correct myself if I go towards four? If this sounds familiar to you, it's okay. One, I've got you. We're going to start by slowing down. We're getting ahead of ourselves when we try to problem solve from fear. And let's face it, all of our, how do I handle that? And um, give me all the hows now is coming from our deep fear of doing bad, of being bad, of being seen as bad. I will give you practical ideas for all you ones when it comes to stress, but we're going to take it from the top. My approach to stress itself is not at all complicated. Actually, it's quite simple. Use your body to release it. Then understand where it came from if you believe that it will be useful for you. Okay, so what's this idea of a one going to a four when stressed? Whatever your favorite Enneagram resource is, You'll read the same information over and over and over again. When stressed, ones go to four. If you identified as another type, then your stress number will be different. For example, if you're a two or the helper, then you'll take on behaviors of an eight, the challenger. And if you're a nine, the peacemaker, you'll take on more of the six, the loyalist. So for once, that's moving towards four, the individualist, but not the characteristics fours exhibit when they're self-aware and in expansion, such as being aware of their feelings, sensitive to self and others, but rather the individualist that can be manipulative in victim mentality and in deep shame. Now, I know once that is not what we want to hear. My first thought was, nope, not me. But then I began to really observe myself, my behavior when I'm stressed versus when I'm feeling secure. For me, it's never more apparent than in the little things. So I noticed that when I'm feeling secure, I don't actually mind that the kitchen is a little messy. I know it'll get done. I totally trust I will do it. Someone will do it. It'll get done. It's sort of in the back of my mind but it doesn't take that much space. However, when I have accumulated stress that I've not dealt with, I get pretty obsessed with the kitchen. It becomes a fixation. 
a representation of my entire world and it needs to be tidied now. And I might become a little manipulative in my request for others to help out. I might say to my spouse or my kids, it's everyone's responsibility, you know. I'm not the only human capable in this house. You are too. It's manipulative because I am asking them to do something so that I feel better. Not because they want to do it of their own desire. I might go into victim mentality, especially in my own mind. That sounds like I'm the only one who cares. Or these things always fall on me to do. Eventually, this too can be aired out and become manipulative, depending on how much locked up stress I'm keeping in. So then I'd say these things out loud so that my spouse might feel bad enough to do it. Again, I want to reiterate, this is not conscious. It's not like I'm thinking to myself, geez, I wonder what I can say to get them to do this task for me. No, I think I'm being discerning. I think I'm being really open about how I feel. But actually, I'm already in stress. I'm already going towards the four that could be manipulative, that could be into victim mentality. And the last one I mentioned was the shame spiral. I might get into a shame spiral. So now it's not just that the kitchen is not tidied. It's also that I'm at fault, that I'm flawed, that I'm not good enough. My self-worth is now attached to the kitchen. Thoughts like, I can't believe I let that slide. All the way to, I'm not a good human because of the state of my kitchen. Now, I shared an example of the state of the kitchen with you, whether it's tidied or not, but feel free to consider other areas of your life. Ones are not all tidy and organized. That's a myth. For you, it might be related to right behavior in a social group, maybe with work or your own parenting. If the kitchen example did not land with you, I want you to pause here anyway and consider your behavior with other areas of your life that suddenly take up space in your brain when you're stressed. Look for how you might let out that accumulated stress in one of the ways I mentioned, manipulation victim mentality, and shame. Notice what's happening here is that we take our habit of attention, which for ones is improvement, and we contract it to a point where it has to come out. It's like the beach ball analogy. What happens to a beach ball that we try to hold underwater? Eventually, it pops out, usually with a lot of force. That's what I want you to keep in mind when we talk about stress here. There are many reasons for ones to become stressed. It's really not a surprise that ones can become so stressed because we have those incredibly high standards for ourselves. We are extremely attuned to criticism, our own and that coming from others. And we get angry. Angry with ourselves and others for not meeting those expectations. Angry with ourselves and others when there's some kind of injustice, or at least perceived injustice, perceived not meeting the expectations. What do we do with that anger, though? We stuff it down as much as we can, because it would be improper to let it out. We avoid it by pretending 
we're not angry, like it's not festering under the surface. And we do things that have nothing to do with dealing with our stress. Just to add padding between that emotion and our experience of it. Those can be eating, drinking, working, cleaning, scrolling, or gaming. That's just a few examples. There's many more. The truth is we're doing it not for the real joy of it, but as a way to not feel the full experience of the anger. Let's go back to that kitchen example and make some side-by-side comparisons of a one in expansion or secure and a one in contraction or stress. When ones are feeling secure, they might still ask their partner, roommate, or kids to help with the kitchen but they are accepting of the answer they receive from others. And don't let that be a determining factor for how they will experience their day. If the answer is no, they don't make it mean something about themselves or their relationship with that person. When ones are feeling stressed, they will make the answer given by that person mean something about themselves. Like it was wrong of me to ask. They might make it mean something about the person. They have no respect for our home. Or they might make it mean something about their relationship. We're not on the same page and that's not okay. It's not just anger we once keep bottled up. It's every and any emotion we deem unacceptable to display. It so happens that anger is the most talked about, but there's also frustration, resentment, and even more desirable emotions could be on that list of not safe to show others, such as accomplished. It all depends on your rule book. So much of the stress for ones is unprocessed emotions that we compound and create more stress from. Here's what's happening cognitively, because that's really important here. Something happens that we have a judgment about that creates an emotion in the body. When you notice the emotion, you have another judgment, one that says, This is not acceptable. But the reality is you are having that initial emotion. So that creates tension or stress. So let's go through this slowly and with an example. You notice dishes in the sink, pots on the counter, an open condiment jar, and an open bread bag on the kitchen table. You make that mean that you can't possibly be the only person able to clean up the place which creates the feeling of annoyed in your body. Before anything else happens, your brain takes note of the feeling of annoyed that you're experiencing now in your body and judges it as unacceptable. But unfortunately, unacceptable or not, that's your current reality. So that disconnect between reality and how you think it should be creates that stress. The same cycle happens if you made the state of your kitchen mean that others are disrespectful, which would create the feeling of anger. And as a one, your brain is going to see anger as not acceptable. And that same dissonance exists between what's acceptable and your perceived reality. And now there's more tension, more stress, more contraction. As ones, we find ourselves in a stress cycle because we created the stress with the mind. Remember, we think things should be different from the way they are, which creates the stress. And now we're going to perseverate and try to fix it from the brain. But we're in the thought loop again. This is when we want to go inward, at least as much as we feel safe to do. 
That looks like noticing the stress in your body and paying attention to it without changing it, neither making it worse or better. Just observe. So for me, when I'm stressed, my heart rate goes up. There's tightness in the center of my chest space. My palms get clammy. I have a tingling energy that's sort of frantic throughout my entire body. The way stress feels in your body can be very different. There's no right or wrong here, just whatever it is for you. If there are many areas in your body where you feel that stress, pick just one at a time to focus on. So I'll pick the tightness in my chest. What changes are you noticing as you pay attention to that spot in your body? For me, when I notice it and I don't add more meaning to it, like I keep it really boring. I'm not observing and saying the tightness is suffocating, but I am saying that the level of tightness changes. The more space I give it to be there, to exist in my body, this tightness, the more it dissipates. That's your body doing what it knows to do with stress. Your body is made to handle every emotion it creates. We think we can't, and that's why we avoid it, resist it, make it so much worse. Eventually, your body will dissipate the emotion. Now, how you use your body to do this is entirely up to you. I have done it in many ways. I've sat down and done this work really quietly, just like what I described. But I've also asked my body how it wanted to express that tension. A lot of times it's to move. I've used dance, quiet dance, loud dance, very expressive dancing. Dancing where somebody looking at me might not even see all the nuances. Like it's so, so light. Doesn't matter. That's what my body wanted to do to express the tension. So I've used dance. I've used walking and making guttural sounds. Sound is great to relieve tension. You are meant to be in this body. And that means you don't only have your mental body at your disposition. You have every permission to use the body you have to release the stress the mind has created. And it's totally up to you. If once you're releasing the stress and it's pretty released, you may want to understand where it came from or not. There are benefits to knowing. And in my opinion, knowing will help me to then know my mental habits and choose what I want to keep or not keep, not from controlling, but just from knowing. This is not going to be the podcast, though, where I tell you that you should always want to know so that you can be your best self. It's not up to me. I don't know what's best for you. And I don't know if that would be your best self to know. That is up to you. If you want to understand, then I invite you to ask yourself these questions. What is the emotion I was feeling before I noticed the stress? You want this information because that's the feeling you're trying to avoid and resist as a one. The emotion that your rule book says is not okay to experience, let alone express outwardly. Once you know that, 
What is so bad about feeling that emotion? You want to start to get access to what you think about that emotion you're not supposed to feel. Maybe you were told good people don't let others know they're angry. Or maybe you observed someone that you looked up to always sort of pretend they weren't angry when just moments before it was super clear that they were angry. If that doesn't give you any insight, you can ask yourself, what do I think of others who express this emotion in public? Everything you made it mean about yourself as a human who experiences this taboo emotion or what you made it mean when others did it is why there's this contraction and stress now as a one. Do you want to keep believing this story? If not, what else could you believe is possible when you notice this emotion next time, right? That emotion you think is not okay to express or is in your rule book as this is just not something we do. I like to think that my body knows what to do with any emotion. I can trust it to do its thing. In fact, the less I interfere mentally, the easier it is for my body to do what it knows to do. And a final note on stress. Stress is an emotion we are going to experience as humans. The purpose of giving you tools is not so you avoid it because, as I said, if it's in you, avoiding it will only make it worse. Remember that beach ball analogy? And no, the trick is not to never have thoughts that create stress. That's impossible and will only create more stress. The purpose of giving you these tools is because you'll experience stress in your life, whether you want to or not. And if stress is part of the human condition, then the point here is to be better able to go through it, trusting that you will be okay on the other side, that it will happen again. And each time you'll have a little less resistance and a little more ease as you experience the stress. So once, if you are feeling called to explore this further, dismantle the conditioning that says that some emotions are not to be felt and instead create more intimacy, more trust with yourself, then I invite you to go to my website. Find out how we can work together. All the information you need is on my website, dominicvandal.com slash links. I'd love to be the one in your corner helping you to navigate your oneness. Let's make it your superpower. Love to each and every one.